Welcome to episode 27 of the Rockies Now podcast. You can follow us at Rockies Now on all of your favorite social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our Threads page. I'm your host, Stephen, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Tom. Tom, how is your Thursday night going? Pretty good. Uh, doing pretty well. Uh, hopefully the White Sox here, who are in the midst of a game against the Oakland Athletics in Chicago, can pull off a victory. But yeah. I'm not, I'm not ho- they're down 8-5 in yeah. the... <laughs> So yeah. I'm I'm not exactly yeah. holding I'm not with the fact of what the White Sox have gone through this season I'm not holding my yeah. breath. So yeah. but yeah other than that I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? Uh doing pretty good. Yeah, we're supposed to get like a ton of rain tomorrow, like 3 inches of rain tomorrow here in Colorado and for those that know about living in Colorado, that's a lot of rain. Um so kind of prepping for that. Um got I actually just got off the lawn for mowing, so was able to do that before I came in, down here to do the podcast, but uh yeah, I mean, did you did you see the uh, Tim Anderson play yesterday where the ball hit the helmet and the White Sox were able to win? I'm not sure. If yes. you saw yeah. Oh yeah. Was- yes, of course. That was a very yeah. a very unusual way to win. It's always right. yeah. uh, anytime you win on an air, regardless of what kind of air it is, because we've all throughout history we've seen quite a few crazy ones. Yeah. I mean, it's a win nonetheless, and um, you know, it's. It was a way for them to avoid the sweep, and that's really in in a disastrous season. If you could avoid getting sweep, that's really a good thing. So, yeah, and not only that, but uh, you know, some firings took place, you know, yesterday, and uh, I think that's a step in the right direction for sure. I mean, there's still a lot of work to go, like to go for the White Sox organization. But if you're a White Sox fan, you gotta gotta like that news because I feel like White Sox fans they needed something, especially with what's been going on this year with Tim Anderson and and his performance and what happened a few weeks ago in Cleveland, I think uh, White Sox fans needed that win in, in many ways. And I think, you know, just going into next year, I think with the farm system improving, I think the White Sox, they have something to look forward to. Yeah, they, def- they definitely have a long ways to go if they want to, in a sense, get back into their status of being contenders. But uh, losing, uh, I was, when I saw the news of Kenny Williams and Rick Hahn getting fired, I was in just shock that it actually happened because for those of you who don't know much, I'll keep this brief. Jerry Reinsdorf, the principal owner, he's loyal to his employees to a fault, but that can be good and bad in a business, especially that is judged by wins and losses. Cause let's face it, pro sports, you're judged by your wins and loss record. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, it was um, in a sense, a long time coming. It was something that needed to happen. It's a step in the right direction, but to be truthfully honest, uh, Jerry also needs to sell because, and again, I don't want to take up too much time talking about a non-Rocky subject, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, Jerry Reinsdorf, given how, he, given that he refuses to adapt with modern times and keep up with how the game, both with how it's played and how an effective, a more effective way to manage your franchise, he refuses to adapt. I think it's time for him to sell and exit from exit stage right. So, right. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, let's get into, let's get into some Rockies baseball, uh, going into segment number one, as always, we will talk about recent series. Um, since we last talked about, uh, the Rockies, we were talking about the Rockies and the Diamondbacks. Well, uh, since then the Rockies played against the Chicago White Sox at Coors Field, the Rockies were able to win that series at home against the White Sox. They scored 30 runs in that series. Uh, I believe it was 14 runs in the first game, 11 runs in the second game, and they were, uh, unable to win the third game, losing 10 to five to the White Sox there. I mean, it could have been a sweep for the Rockies, but uh, as of recently, which we'll get to uh, in a few moments, the Rockies bullpen over the last week has not done well. 
but uh, there's still a lot of positive to talk about despite that. But uh, and then, of course, uh, today the Rockies were unfortunately swept by the Tampa Bay Rays uh, in a heartbreaking series. Yet there are a lot of positives. Again, guys like Nolan Jones, Brenton Doyle and Ezekiel Tobar, they're continuing to make highlight reels almost every single day, you know, whether it be defensive plays or either home runs, you know, Nolan Jones got another home run today. Um, and we'll talk to him, uh, you know, about Nolan in a few minutes. Um, you know, looking at the Rockies and White Sox series, I think it showed that the Rockies definitely can hit when they are dialed in right at the plate. And I think um, it's something that Bam Bam Mullins, the Rockies hitting coach who they got the, uh, this past off season from the Yankees, uh, he preached about that a few weeks ago in Milwaukee when the Rockies were struggling. And and that's one thing I've noticed is that ever since that road trip to, I believe it was St. Louis, Milwaukee, and L.A., um, the Rockies' offense has somewhat improved, you know, especially both at home and on the road. I mean, the Rockies were able to score, uh, you know, some runs against the Rays, and the Rays have a pretty solid pitching staff, as we all know. They usually like to pick up guys and, you know, for experiments, and they turn them into – you know, Cy Young candidates, that's what, that's what the Rays do. And the Rockies, they were able to score some runs. Unfortunately, the bullpen wasn't able to, uh, to uh, you know, help the Rockies get them, you know, some wins um, over the last few days. But, I mean, you're looking at a, a series that the Rockies, they could have had a shot at winning, especially yesterday. Um, that was a, a unfortunate loss in extra innings. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, just and then going back to the White Sox series, I mean, the Rockies offense, great to see, you know, you know, we got double tacos, which was great. Um, you know, it was it was great seeing the Rockies offense just get after the White Sox pitching. I know the White Sox, they've, uh, you know, struggled all year long, you know, in terms of pitching and but they do have a couple players in there. But uh, yeah, I mean, Rockies got after, uh, I believe, Kopech and then uh, Schultons in game two. So that was positive. Um but yeah, like we've we've started to notice that the Rockies bullpen has started to fall apart, and, and we saw that in Game Three, and then um, and yeah, I mean it wasn't great, but yeah, I, I want to briefly talk about my visit to Coors Field to our listeners because um, I usually do this once a week, and I, I'll try not to be super long, probably about a minute or two, but um, yeah, so you know I went to Coors Field on Saturday night's game, and uh, that was fun. I was able to get a uh, Todd Helton, you know. Uh, giveaway jersey that they had it's pretty nice i was worried a little bit that it was going to be sold out because when i got to the line for the tickets it was completely backed up and uh and however you know the lines were able to move fast and that was great uh i was able to meet some people uh that followed the pace so shout out to those that uh were able to meet me at course field um that was awesome uh and i i don't know if i mentioned to you tom that i actually got a baseball from one of our followers she is actually a uh, shout out to Peg. She is a usher at Coors Field. And um, I was able to meet her and, uh, you know, I walked down to her and, you know, she talked about how she enjoyed the page and, and all that. And I thanked her for that. But uh, yeah, I was able to get a baseball from that. But uh, overall, my experience at Coors Field on Saturday was pretty incredible. I was able to watch Charlie Blackman get a home run. And, and um, actually, if you go look at uh, this highlights of that game, when Luis Robert hit that home run to left field, I was I want to say I was probably about 10 rows away from getting to that ball. Um, it was, it was cream for sure. It was, it was hit hard. And uh, I, uh, there was one moment I thought I was going to catch it, but uh, it was a little bit to my left, but uh, yeah, overall fun game. Um, and just looking at this past, you know, week for the Rockies, uh, you can tell that the Rockies are in growing pains right now. And I think the bullpen is starting to get tired out with the season ending. Um, 
but you know, I, I think you know, which we'll get to in a second. I think there's some positives, you know, um, and actually, I, I have more positives than negatives uh, as we move on uh, in the podcast. So, you know, Tom, what are your thoughts on the recent series uh, against the White Sox and, and uh, Tampa Bay Rays? Well, the White Sox, to be honest, I was uh, very pleased with the starting pitching. Lambert in game one and Flexen in game three were very, very good. Um, as far as Freeland was okay, but the offense did enough to back him up. Um, and if, in terms of how the Rockies offense attacked White Sox pitchers, it went pretty much as I anticipated. Kopech, of course, was wild. He was not hitting his spots. And he, it was definitely a learning experience for him, understanding that at altitude, Breaking pitchers aren't always as sharp. You have to be very precise, especially with your location. And the Rockies took full advantage of it. And the same thing in game two. Um, it was good to see some of the young guys like uh, Nolan Jones, Brendan Rodgers, and Ezekiel Tovar have multi-hit games throughout the, throughout the series. And like I said, this is kind of going under the radar. Or at least I don't see it being talked about as much. But it was great to see Charlie Blackman at his age, you know, still got the power. He didn't show any rust from being out away from away being injured for a while. So, and there is the conversation. It was talked about by um, on the broadcast by Steve by uh, Jason Benetti and Steve Stone. You know, they both had a short conversation of do they think Charlie Blackman will come back next year? And you know, I think some, if not the Rockies, somebody I think will take a flyer on him, and because he, because he's still, I, in my opinion, maybe obviously not defensively, but offensively, he's still a formidable hitter. So, yeah. uh, correct, he's going to be. I'm not sure when he turns 37. I'm not sure when his birthday is, but I think it was earlier. Uh, I think it was. Oh, oh, I think we. I think you might be right. I think we already passed it. So at 37, you know, that's obviously not. That's considered quote unquote old in professional athlete years, but. Um, I think I really would like, I think he will get a chance by somebody. I would like to see the Rockies bring him back, especially if he is going to announce, Hey, yeah, I'm looking to retire. I just like one farewell tour. Then I think Bill Schmidt will, and Dick Monfort will definitely honor that for him. Uh, but the Ray series, um, uh, it, tough series to watch. You know, it was good in game two. I was happy to see Gomber have another, have a quality start. Lambert pitched well today in game three, but again, the, as you pointed out, the bullpen, they look tired. They've been stretched a little bit. And I don't want to say they're stretched thin, but it kind of looks that way. And again, it's when you when you have a young team and they're not and they're all not used to going through the dog days of August and September, they're gonna be tested. And that's exactly what's going on. You're seeing their metal and their wherewith and their fortitude tested. So it's a good learning experience again for a young team. Um, they are going to be more prepared going into next season for whether the they're going to keep whether what pitchers or position players they'll keep or not. But again, uh, two things I got to point out. One, Bretton Doyle. I mean, my goodness, that guy just it it is amazing what the defensive skills that man has. It is so incredible. That is going to be critical for the especially a course field that's going to be critical moving forward for the Rockies on outfield defense. And of course you mentioned it, uh, Nolan Jones, or I guess we're going to call him no Joe for now. Yeah. Uh, that's a good nickname. By the way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. He just, he just continues to amaze. So again, even though it was a sweep still, like, as you pointed out, there are positives, there are uh, signs to be optimistic, both with the players now at the major league roster at the major league roster and prospects, which we'll get into, I guess, a little later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love the no Joe. I, I I don't know, like part of me like brought me back of the uh, Joe Connor Joe like last year, and it just like I don't know, I, I miss Connor Joe, but honestly, it, he needed to go. But yeah, I like the uh, I like the nickname for uh, 
for Nolan Jones there. Um, for me, I just like Jonesy. I just like it. I don't know. Um, and there's other names like Nolan B. Nolan, but, you know, I don't know. There's some controversy for that for uh, Rockies fans there. Um, but, yeah. I still, I still like using the phrase uh, Nolan being Nolan. And, yeah, of course, I, 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 I'm going to use it just because it's just like I like how, like, there's been two really good Nolans. And I think Nolan Jones, like you mentioned, I think Nolan Jones is going to be a really good player, like an all-star type of player. And I, I, I'm so hyped about him. And um, mm-hmm. there's just – I mean – you know, I, I think MLB Network was talking about him the other day. I posted it on the Twitter page, but it was you know, it was him. It was him, and uh, they also po- talked about Tovar. Tovar, too, yeah, uh, Tovar, yeah. And they were talking about Nolan Jones, and they were like, I forget the name. I, I you know, I think he's on MLB Central as well. But uh, he was like, the, the expression on his face was like, "Man, Cleveland gave up this guy." It's just like because Cleveland, you know, uh, they need offense, and their offense hasn't been good this year. And Nolan Jones was probably going to be in their starting lineup this year if it wasn't for the Rockies not trading, you know, Juan Brito. So, you know, the Rockies, they got a really good trade in Nolan Jones. And, you know, yeah, he's 25, but still, I mean, he still has a whole lot of career ahead of him. I mean, he's technically still a rookie, still young. So, yeah, there's a lot to look for in Nolan Jones. And, I mean, the guy, I mean, he, I think he nearly hit for the cycle today. He, he was just a triple away, which is the hardest thing to do and, and to try to hit the cycle. But, uh, but yeah, so there's – there's a lot to talk about him. And, and of course we'll talk about him in just a second. Um, and one of the positives, but yeah, so we're going to move on to our segment number two for our positives uh, over the last week. Um, I'm going to try to get through these quickly so I can uh, have Tom give his thoughts on that. Um, let's give a quick shout out to the Rockies high affiliate Spokane Indians yesterday. They threw a combined no hitter um, against, I believe the Vancouver Canadians Um Anderson Pilar and Brian or Brian Castillo I might be butchering their names there, but uh, man, I, I think Anderson threw like 13 strikeouts, which is insane. I mean, high A is, I mean, it's not like triple A, but high A I've heard is a, you know, a somewhat of a hitter friendly league and to hit 13 strikeouts. And I think he went like eight innings. I, I think eight, like seven or eight innings. Thir- I mean, that is pretty impressive. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, very exciting. And some of these names are just like names I've never heard of. And that's the exciting thing about baseball. And, you know, like Bud Black, Rocky's manager, he, you know, he, you know, his catchphrase is that's baseball. And so uh, maybe these guys are some names to watch out for. And I, I, I think I looked at Pilar's numbers last night. They're actually really good. Like he came, I believe, a few years ago. He was in the uh, Dominican Summer League for the Rockies. And, he, you know, he spent some time there and. Um, his numbers were actually good. I, I'm kind of surprised he hasn't gotten called up, you know, to the next level yet um, to to, uh, you know, Hartford. But uh, his numbers are really, really good, really good ERA numbers. Um, Brian Castillo, I, I need to look at his numbers, but uh, he was able to close it out. So a uh, huge shout out to them. And then, uh, you know, of course, you you know, you were talking about Charlie Blackman just a minute ago. Um, I, you know, we've heard this analogy before, but, you know, or this phrase, but Charlie Blackman, I, I believe he's jumped back into the fountain of youth, you know, and I think that's uh, what Drew Goodman said over the series against the White Sox. You know, he's just over the last, you know, week or so, he's he's found it again. Like he's hitting basically what what he was back in 2019, uh, you know, when, when he had his last big season for the Rockies offensively. Um, but, yeah, over the last seven games for Charlie, he's had, um, I believe, nine hits or something like that, two home runs. Uh, four runs batted in, and uh, he's hitting 360 with a 720 slugging percentage. And I haven't seen Charlie Blackman have those. Of course, you know, there's a small sample size. It's not like he's played an entire season. But 720 slugging percentage, that tells you that he's got 
some uh, thump in his bat still. And that's exciting to see. And, and, and when it comes to him returning to the Rockies, I hope he does. You know, I, I really do. And I understand why some people might not want to, even though they would love to. I, you know, I understand that the Rockies, they need to move toward the youth, but they need a, you know, a, a veteran in that, in that clubhouse. And, and I think, you know, uh, because you just can't go all, all young, right? I mean, you look at uh, some other teams around the league. You look at Arizona, for instance, right? They have Evan Longoria. Um, he's, I think he might even be older than Charlie Blackman, and he's in that lineup. I think he's a great clubhouse guy for Arizona, and you're looking at Arizona potentially being a playoff team. I know they've uh, gotten hot again, um, and it looks like they might be able to potentially, if they stay hot, if they continue to play good baseball, they might be in – October. So we'll have to wait and see there, but I, I think Blackman should come back and I think the Rockies should definitely consider signing him to a one year and maybe even a two year deal. Uh, but it all depends on where the young kids are at, you know, Yankee Fernandez, Zach Veen, Jordan Beck, who I think could be a very good solid player. Um, and so, yeah, so I, I'm really excited to see what Charlie Blackman does. Um, it would be very disappointing to see Charlie Blackman retire after this year especially if this is the year the Rockies lose 100 games. Um, I think it would just, you know, kind of be somewhat dis- depressing. But still, you know, you look at his career, and he's just like, not a Hall of Fame career, but I still think looking, just looking at his career, he was, I, I would say he was maybe be close to borderline Hall of Fame. But, uh, yeah, Blackman's been really, really good uh, for the Rockies the last week. Uh, and then Nolan Jones, uh, you know, we were talking about him just a second ago. Um, he's finding ways to help the Rockies win ball games. Uh, now, unfortunately, you know that hasn't been uh, successful the past you know few days. But yeah, I mean he's had nine hits, two home runs, nine RBIs, and uh, he's hitting about 300. And you know uh, Nolan Jones, he's you know Nolan being Nolan, and I think he definitely should be part of this Rockies team for the years to come. And and I think you know you have to put him in the lineup. I mean you traded Juan Brito for a reason, and Juan Brito is going to be a good player for Cleveland. So if you had Nolan Jones, you're going to have to have him in that lineup. So uh, he's going to be definitely important for this Rockies team uh, moving forward. And then, of course, Brent Doyle, i got to make that uh, that uh, highlight reel. I mean, that was just impressive. Uh, just watching yesterday, he was he, he probably covered like 30 feet in like less than two ca- seconds. That's what it felt like. I mean, he just made an incredible diving catch. And he, it made, like, he made it look like nothing. Like, I mean, he just tossed the ball away. It's like, yeah, I can do this all day, you know. Uh, Captain America did, um, but then uh, Peter Lambert, you know, another positive. You know, he pitched well today, and, um, and he's been pitching well in the second half. Um, he's two and three with a three sixty five ERA with a one point zero five WHIP. Very impressive um, numbers there. Um, yeah, I mean Peter Lambert, and this is a guy that was injured last year. You know, he's kind of struggled with injuries the past couple of seasons. A lot of questions whether if he is even worthy to come back to the Rockies rotation, the Rockies, I think started having him in the bullpen. He didn't look comfortable there. And I think Tom, I think you'll agree that I think Peter Lambert, you know, he looks more comfortable and I think he belongs in that pitching rotation. Um, But yeah, those are my positives for this week. What about you? Well, yeah, my uh, big positive, of course you hit the, you already mentioned it is the starting pitching in these last six games in the two series. Um, Lambert has had, Back-to-back solid starts. Austin Gomber continues to pitch well. Kyle Freeland continues to be solid level. So the, and I think, you know, all the la- the last six games, the starts have at least gone five. In- the stars have gone five innings or more, which is a huge positive because as we pointed out, 
the bullpen is getting stretched a little too bit for our, I think anybody's liking, or at least I would like to think for Bud Black's liking. So it's good to see the starters giving some length. Um, but yeah, I do. When you look at how the pitching rotation, just based on what the Rockies have on the 40 man right now, um, Peter Lambert is definitely making a case for the 2024 starting rotation, one of those spots. Cause when you got Sensatella and Herman Marquez um, being on the shelf pretty much um, with serious injuries, they're probably going to pitch little to none next year. So it's good to see that Lambert is inserting him into the conversation for 2024 pitching rotation, which if I had to look at it right now, my top, the top four candidates based on who's healthy are Kyle Freeland, Austin Gomber, Peter Lambert, and Chris Flexen. Uh, at least I see it at this moment in time, but we'll see how the off season changes things. And another positive I like to see is, you know, Nolan Jones, you pointed out, he's still crushing the ball. Well, he's hitting the ball well, and he's not really any slump that, at least to my recollection, any slump that he's had has not been a extended slump or he hasn't had ones that last for a long period of time, which is a positive for him. And it's true, you know, um, you know, the Rockies so far really have landed a solid, really did land a solid trade given what they gave up to in a trade. You know, it's those under the radar trades that can really bode well for you. Um, and like I mentioned earlier, Charlie Blackman, and yes, July 1st, I looked it up, was his birthday when he turned 37. Um, as far as next year goes, I think because when you look at the current depth chart right now, you know, you got Jerks and Profar, he's not going to be here next year. Harold Castro, I don't think he'll be here next year either. So, you, you can already pencil in Brendan Bretton Doyle and Nolan Jones for two of the outfield spots. And I know we, you and I have texted about this. Chris Bryant's health is going to be, or what, how, how comfortable they feel about his ability to stay on the field next year, I think is going to play a big role as far as how Bill Schmidt uh, structures the outfield for next year, whether it's on the 26 man roster um, or the 40 man, to be honest, I know Charlie Blackman's legs and his ability to play the outfield have deteriorated drastically since he was le- over the last several years. Um, but I think you can work, um, you can work around that and he can play the outfield, let's say two ish days a week, maybe three and have him DH the rest of the way. And you can have kind of a revolving door in the days that he plays the outfield when it comes to who is the designated hitter on that given day. Um, but yeah, that is a positive 37 years old. He's still hitting well. Um, and you know, the negative to me, the biggest negative is obviously the bullpen. Like we pointed out there, I said, they're stretched pretty thin. This is the dog days of August and September. They're being tested, but it is a good learning experience, you know, struggles or losing in, in, in sports is the best teacher. And they're definitely getting a, I guess you could say they're learning the hard way what it's like to pitch in the latter months of a major league baseball season. Um, but it's for the, but like I said, I think it's for the better. They will learn going forward into next year, whether they're pitching for the Rockies or not, it'll serve as a valuable teaching lesson as far as how they prepare and train to, for the grind of a long major league baseball season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, and I, I could have mentioned, you know, to Chris Flexen, I mean, over his last, I believe, three or four starts, he's, you know, striking out, I, I believe, like four or five plus batters a game, which is great. I mean, I know he had a rough start um, coming into the second half with the Rockies, but um, Chris Flexen, you know, that's a shout out to him. And, you know, he's actually done, 
you know, pretty well. I mean, there's been a couple times where he's kind of gotten shaky and he's given up some walks or some base hits, but he's gone out of the jams and, you know, that's what he did um, on the homestand. But uh, yeah, shout out to him. But yeah, you know, the bullpen really struggling, uh, you know, in my notes, I have them, you know, as the uh, third highest bullpen ERA in baseball at 5.15, I believe uh, next in baseball would be the nationals and the athletics. So the Rockies are the 28th, uh, worst bullpen ERA in baseball. Um, and I, I, and I, I honestly, I think at the beginning of the year, I, I think it was a lot better than that. The Rockies actually had one of the better bullpens because, you know, of course, you know, Jake Bird was having a really good start. Justin Lawrence, uh, a bunch of those guys were off to really hot starts. But I think, you know, with, the you know, August rolling in and you have a lot of teams really pushing for playoff spots. And, you know, even though we know Tampa Bay is probably a lock for the postseason, you know, it doesn't mean, I mean, if you – you know, start, you know, settling down, just settling with, okay, we're going to, you know, we'll be fine if we, no, like you, if you're a playoff team, you want to get that number one seed, you want to get the number two seed, right? And I think Tampa Bay, you know, they have a good chance of doing that. And I think, you know, with the Rockies, with the, the young staff that they have, I think the Rockies, you know, in the first half, they had one of the oldest teams in the league because of, you know, Randall Critchick and, and CJ Crone and Pierce Johnson, the guys like that, where now I think heading to the second half, I think the Rockies are now, basically one of the youngest teams in baseball. And so I think really um, they've embraced the building mode, you know, even though the Rockies front office hasn't been, you know, open to rebuilding, I think it's more like building and, you know, I'm totally fine with that, but uh, yeah, the bullpen, um, I I think, you know, they're just going through one of those struggles right now. And I think, you know, once we get close to the season, maybe they'll uh, pick it up a bit, but yeah, like Jake Bird has been used a lot. Uh, Justin Lawrence has been used a ton. Like basically, they're pitching every single game. Um, it's not because the starting pitchers have not, you know, um, done well. You know, no, they're doing well. It's just that um, the pitch count is up, you know, and that's why Kyle Freeland and Chris Flexen and Austin Gomber, they have to leave after the fifth or sixth inning, and then you have to have a bunch of guys. And that's what, you know, the bullpen struggles, and then you have to bring in multiple guys, right, um, like Tommy Doyle and, and Justin Brule. Um, so uh, hopefully – you know, the Rockies can, you know, somewhat get through this. And, you know, again, there's only about uh, a month, month and a half of baseball left. So um, I'd like to see them finish strong. And if not, just focus, start focusing on next year. And I, I think next year is just, I think, you know, which is great. I, I think the Rockies are going to have most, if not almost everybody and that's in the bullpen are going to be back. And who knows, maybe they'll add some pieces to the bullpen next year. And maybe they'll trade those off if the Rockies have a, another poor season, but uh, uh and then one of my last negatives I have, um, because, again, I don't have really a, a lot of negatives. Um, uh, so m- my other negative I have is, is Jerkson Profar. Um, I was looking at his fam graphs page, and um, I know some people have shouted this out, but uh, Profar has a negative 1.9 war, which is the lowest in his career and is one of the worst war players in baseball. And um, I'm fine with Profar DHing the rest of the year. Um, Profar, you know, I remember he started the year off really well defensively. I remember on opening day, he made, you know, multiple, you know, diving caches in the outfield. And in some ways he was kind of like the MVP of that game because that game was a one, nothing game. It was a one, nothing shutout. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, Profar, he, he, he's decent. He's in a decent outfielder this year. He made several, like I said, he's made several great defensive plays, but, uh, it's just like the offense is not terrible, but it's just like, he's not, What's the word? He's not hitting the ball super hard, and I think that's what the Rockies needed. And, of course, Profar was basically an emergency signing because, if you remember Sean Bouchard in spring training, he got hurt, uh, basically tore his 
elbow, I think. And, um, and so basically they had to get Profar, but, you know, of course, you know, you know, Profar is going to be, you know, out of here in the next month or so. So, you know, it's not a big deal, but, you know, I think, you know, I think again, with that leadership, I, you know, I'm fine with Profar still being on the team. I know some people are not happy with Profar and Castro on the team right now, but I think you just can't go all rookies. It's not the smartest decision. And I think you need guys like, you know, of course, Charlie Blackman, but you also need other guys like Profar and, and Castro who have been in the leagues for a while. And I think they can hand some of their wisdom to you know, guys like Alan Trejo, to Tovar, um, you know, uh, Toglia and Montero. I think that's very important, but yeah, I, you know, I, again, I don't really have a whole lot of negatives except the bullpen and maybe, Profar and a couple other players, you know, Michael Toglia, you know, he's starting to get into his power a little bit. He got a home run in game one, um, you know, off the bat, you knew it was gone. It was hit hard, but uh, yeah. So again, not a lot of, ne- not a lot of negative. So um, I guess we'll move on to our fourth segment, which is answering your guys's questions. So let me go to Instagram, pull that up. We had a few questions from you guys. The first question that we have, is from Tyler. Shout out to you, Tyler. Thank you for your question. He says, potential September call-ups to look out for. Um, Tom, I'll let you start off with this question. Well, I think uh, we'll, I'll say a little bit of the obvious that I think is uh, on the minds of not just you and myself, because we texted back and forth about it quite a bit, especially in the last few days. And I'm sure it's on the minds of Rockies fans who are dialed in, especially if you're watching Twitter and X on all his highlights. And that is when is Hunter Goodman going to be called up to the majors? Um, yeah. Yes. I, th- I think it's only a matter of time. I think at the latest it's um, whenever the rosters expand, I can't remember for the life of me, what the, di- what the exact date is. Um, but for sure, it'll be that day. Um, it'll be definitely that day. So that's somebody I could definitely see joining the big league roster. Um, the only question, the only the interesting thing will be when he does get called up because it will be his debut. How does Bud Black work him into not just? I, I pretty much under, know where he's um, going to hit the bottom third, but it's just is he going to start? Is he most because you know how su- what some managers will do? They'll take right-handed hitters and mostly start them off against playing against lefties and lefties vice versa against righties. You know, what's Bud Black's plan going to be? Is he going to play him twice in his two games of the series? Is he going to play one game in the first cup, first maybe two or three series? That's going to be very interesting to see. But yeah, Hunter Goodman is someone I can see. And then there was one other name. Um, I did see somebody on Twitter slash X bring up the notion of carrying three catchers and calling Brian Severn, uh, Severn sorry, Servan, yeah. back up to the majors and have three catchers. Oh, I don't see that personally happening yeah. unless, unless Diaz or Wynn gets injured. I think it's going to be those two for the rest of the season. Um, and uh, let me think. I'm not sure. Yeah, talking about thinking. Brian. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. But Goodman is the definite yes. And oh, one more, yeah, this is who I was looking for. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if Riley Pint gets called back up. I know he's had a couple of rough, trips back and forth this over this over the course of this season so he's somebody i definitely could see uh bill schmidt bringing back up once the rosters expand i believe yeah yeah i was just gonna say i i think i'm not i mean the rockets could do this but i feel like they might be done with uh brian Servan. um i think he's on the injured day seven seven day injured list right now mm-hmm. um he 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 did all right job last year it's just the you know he's not become the player that i mean he has you know, 
okay minor league numbers, but you know, just looking at his career stats in the minor leagues, I mean, he's a 240 hitter, um, three at 310 on base, 728, you know, OPS. So, I mean, the defense has been there, um, but I don't, I just feel like Brian Servin was just, you know, because really at the time last year, the Rockies really didn't have a whole lot of catchers in AAA that were like, okay, you know, he's ready. And, you know, of course, Dom Nunez, um, you know, he's now gone. I believe he's with the Giants. I, I forget where Dom Nunez went, but uh, yeah, shout out to Dom. You know, I know, uh, I know some people didn't like, I like Dom Nunez. I thought he was uh, a decent prospect that came up in 2019 um, and actually kind of handled the zone in 2021. But uh, yeah, Brian Servin uh, this year, five home runs, 20 RBIs with the isotopes, um, but he's hitting under 200. So We'll see what happens, but yeah, I, I agree with you, and I agree with the person um, on Twitter. I, I, I don't think we're going to see Brian Servin up um, this year at all. I don't think you know. I agree with you; they're not going to do three catchers. They just that's not you know. You just don't do that, right? Um, but yeah, I, I think if I'm looking at a guy on the roster, you know, for sure is Hunter Goodman. I think he's definitely going to get up here. I think they're probably. I think what they're going to do. I think they're probably going to do something like they did with Tovar to where he does get a couple starts and, or maybe if there's a blowout win or blowout loss uh, where the Rockies are like down 14 to three or something like that, they'll probably put him, you know, in as a, uh, you know, either a catcher. Uh, but I think he's more of a first baseman. And that's another question. Of course, we'll have to do a, you know, during the off season, this, this, I'm excited for the off season because mm-hmm. the Rockies, they're going to have a lot of moves internally, you know, roster wise of, or I should say decisions of what they're going to do. Right. I mean, I think the, the, the biggest question is like, who's going to play first base next year? Uh, because, you know, first, you know, when Crone was with the team, we kind of knew, okay, maybe totally will be the f- future first baseman. Well, now it's kind of up in the air again, you know, you kind of really don't know who's that, who's, who's the guy going to be, you know, is it going to be Hunter Goodman? Is it going to be Montero? Is it going to be Catolia? And I think, I don't, I don't think the Rockies, you know, would say we're done with Toglia, but I could see the Rockies trading either Montero or, or Toglia away uh, for some pitching packages. Um, Montero, I, I like Montero a little bit more just because I, I, I like Toglia, but, you know, it's just like he has a little bit of a label of Sam Hilliard on him where he strikes out a bit and his discipline is not – the greatest, especially when it comes to sliders down and change-ups as well. I mean, he has a hard time hitting the fastball up in the zone, and that's one thing that the Rockies, they need to improve on. They need to improve on that. But I would imagine Hunter Goodman will probably play first base or DH um, to finish the year. Um, and, and then, you know, talking about Chris Bryant, you know, uh, very briefly, I think I honestly think that the Rockies should just shut him down for the rest of the year, just making sure he's healthy for next year. Um, as much I would love to see him come back. It's just like, you know what, it might as well. I mean, we're only like four or five weeks away from the season ending or six, whatever it is. And so I think, you know, if you want to, like, especially whenever the deadline is to call players up, you know, after the minor league season is getting ready to finish, I think why not just, you know, sit Brian out for the rest of the year, have him, you know, he can still go to the games, but, you know, just, you know, I think we need to see some of the younger kids play and get their, uh, like the word I like to call a cup of coffee, you know, in the big leagues. I think that's what they need to do. Um, so, yeah, probably number one will be uh, Hunter Goodman for sure. Um, I think 
I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like the Rockets have a lot of position players um, mm-hmm. that are already on the team right now. You know, who knows? We could see Wynton Bernard come back up. I know he's been hitting pretty well. Um, I'm happy to see him back with the Rockies because I know he was uh, he left the Rockies uh, during the offseason and went to the Toronto and Toronto DFA'd him. So, uh, Wynton, uh, if you're listening to this, happy you're back. Um, I could see Sean Bouchard coming back up, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know. We'll see what happens there. But I'm just going to go with a pitcher. Um, I'm going to go with a – I'm actually going to change real quick just while you're uh, yeah. thinking about yours. I'm just going to change my answer. I realized Riley Pint was only up for a third of an a third of an inning this year. I'm actually going to change my answer to for a pitcher to Nick Mears. This mm-hmm. year, with a small sample size, he's pitched seven innings for the Rockies, and he has a 2.57 ERA, four walks, and eight strikeouts in that time frame. So, I'm going to change my answer to him. I yeah. the last time we saw him was in late June against the Dodgers at Coors yeah. Field which he pitched an inning of scoreless baseball. So that's going to, I'm going to change. So real quick, I'm going to change that to my answer. Uh, Riley Pine, I, I completely blanked on the fact that he has struggled uh, in his short time up here in, uh, with the Rockies. So, yeah, I think Nick Mears is my candidate as a pitcher, aside from Goodman. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Pine has really good strikeout numbers. But, yeah, like looking at the ERA, it's, it's quite high in the walks. You know, I mean, he's a, he's a flamethrower, but he's got to have that command. And that's what Pine has really struggled with throughout his minor league career is, is command there. Um, I don't know. Part of me just feels like picking, you know, I could pick Gavin Hallowell. I mean, that's a easy answer, but I just like in order just to make it fun. I, ooh, I, I might go with Dugan Darnell, um, follower of the page. Shout out to Dugan. Um, I really like Dugan. He's, he came up from double a earlier in the season. Um, looking at his stats right here. Uh, he's, pitched pretty well so far um this year uh you know in between um double a and triple a he's eight and one with 380 era 35 games seven saves so he's gotten some saves there 47 innings 56 strikeouts and a whip of 1.39 i'm gonna give it to dugan darnell i I think it's gonna be uh dugan time i'm gonna call him dugan time so I, i i like that um yeah i mean good good solid numbers with uh hartford um you know Last year, of course, he has, you know, a 529 ERA, but, you know, I, I was able to see some clips of him last year. Um, he's got a great run on his, some of his pitches. But, yeah, I mean, if you look at his Hartford numbers this year, uh, he was 6-1 and one in 22 games with a 155 ERA, 29 innings pitched, seven saves, uh, two holds, and um, let me see, opponent batting average was 196. So, I'm going to go with Dugan Darnell here. I, I think he definitely gets a shot um, in the Rockies bullpen. I think he might be even a late inning guy. And I think he has a chance to be uh, a, a big part of the Rockies bullpen moving forward if, if he stays healthy. And um, I mean, there, there's a bunch of guys here and, you know, and I think definitely, and another name I was thinking about is Victor Vodnik, but I think just looking at his numbers, I think the Rockies need to have him down a little bit, give him more time because I feel like we just, literally called them up not too long ago. So I'm just going to go with um, my guy, uh, Dugan Darnell there. So great question from our friend Tyler on Instagram. Um, next question, uh, Mauricio, he says, will Alan Trejo come back next year? And I think he will. I think the Rockies, they need some infield depth. Um, and the Rockies really don't have a ton of that right now coming up in AAA. Um, I mean, they, there's a few names, but a lot of those guys are free signings. Most likely they'll be uh, in the Rule 5 draft or, uh, you know, they'll go into somewhere else. I mean, Coco Montez could be another option, but I feel like 
Uh, Alan Trejo will for sure come back next year. So that's just my opinion. Um, Tom, what do you think? Do you think uh, Trejo comes back next year? Yes, absolutely. I would agree with your assessment in terms of it's either him or Coco Montas. Um, and I would say, yes, Alan Trejo, they're not, they are going to tender him and bring him back for sure. He has, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, he has definitely shown, again, is given the numbers that he's put up. And aside from that, I think he is definitely, he has had, he has a good reputation with the club. He, again, the Rockies are the only organization that he's played for at the major league level. So easy answer is yes, I believe he'll be back. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Mauricio, for that comment. And then the last question that we got here that we'll be answering tonight is from our good friend Lux, uh, Ace25. He says, I want you to go in depth about the Brian Cont contract and explain if he will live up to uh, the contract or not. So good question. I guess I'll start this off. Um, you know, many of you guys know that listen to the podcast. I'm a big Brian guy. I love Chris Bryant. I love the signing at first. And I still like it, it, it you know, even though it hasn't looked great and i know a lot of people say that was a wasted signing you know i you know i talked to other people my brothers about this you know I, we talk rockies baseball all the time and one of the things i say is this if you go back in 2021 going into the offseason what was the number one thing that the rockies needed and it wasn't pitching because if you remember 2021 was a great year for the rockies rotation believe it or not gomber had a great year uh, marquez had an all-star season kyle freeland was uh, surprisingly really good after a really struggling 2020 season. Uh, you know, they had a number of guys. Antonio Sanzatella had a good season. So, really, it was the outfield because that was the problem. The Rockies had no power in the outfield um, because our outfielders were Ryan Mel Tapia, um, Jonathan Daza, and Charlie Blackman. And that was basically it. And I, I might be missing a name or two there. But basically, the Rockies, they needed power in the outfield, right? And one of the names that popped up during the offseason was Chris Bryant and Kyle Schwarber. And I think even Jock Peterson – was there, you know, at one point, and Nick Castellanos was there too. And so there was a lot of people like, okay, which one are we going to get? And I really didn't see a whole lot of people saying, oh, we shouldn't get neither of them. A lot of people wanted us to get Chris Bryant, including Rockies fans. A lot of people were like, let's get Chris Bryant. Let's get Chris Bryant. You know, not because, you know, uh, we wanted him to, just because we love Chris Bryant. His numbers were good. I mean, he was an all-star that year with the Giants. Uh, well, actually with the Cubs, and then he got traded to the Giants. And so I was on board with that. I was like, yes, absolutely. I, I think Bryant would be a great option. Uh, I mean, you know, he does have injury history, but I think with that bad course field, I mean, he's an easy 300 hitter at course field. And he's a, you know, okay defender, not great, but he's okay. Um, and I think it would be a great signing. And and sure enough, you know, we head into the offseason. The Rockies talked to Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant, you know, wanted to come here. And that's the thing. A lot of people think that the Rockies just threw money at him. I think, you know, from what I believe and what I've heard, Chris Bryant actually in some ways approached the Rockies and said, I want to play here. And some people were like, you know, why are you picking the Rockies instead of the Mets or the Phillies? Because if you remember, I think the, the Mariners, the Mets, the Phillies, as a matter of fact, Bryce Harper, who's good friends with uh, Chris Bryant, because both of them uh, grew up in Las Vegas together, uh, very good friends. You know, Bryce Harper was trying to pull – you know, Chris Bryant to the Phillies and with Bryant going to Colorado, that's why the Phillies got Nick Castellanos. But, you know, and, and I remember a lot of people were like super excited about, you know, Bryant coming to the Rockies. And then now all of a sudden people are like, Oh, this is just like the worst contract in Rockies history, you know? And, you know, I understand why Rockies fans are upset. I mean, he's, you know, been injured the past two seasons, 
But when you look at his numbers now, I know this year it hasn't been quite good. And I think a lot of it has to do with what happened last year. And I think he's under some sort of pressure. And plus, too, we, you know, I think we talked about on our very first podcast together, uh, you know, last month. But this year, a lot of pitchers have been pitching into Chris Bryant and on the hands. And he's been getting hit a lot. And I think it's just like when you get thrown in on the inside of, you know, inside of the zone, you just can't hit the ball out, out very hard. I mean, he's gotten you know, I believe seven or eight home runs this year. But when you get hit in the hand, you can't be – you can't expect it to get healthy, especially when it breaks your finger and, you know, people are already arguing, oh, well, he wants to be on the I.L. for money. It's not – you know, and it's not about that. And I, I just – I don't know. It kind of makes me frustrated, but um, I still think the Chris Bryant signing was a good signing. I'm not going to say it was an excellent signing, but I think it makes sense. Why? Because the Rockies – they needed an outfielder, and and I think if the Rockies didn't do anything that offseason, I think it would be a, a pretty hectic, you know, experience for a lot of Rockies fans because we needed an outfielder and they got one. And um, and I, I love Chris Bryant, and I really hope he does well the rest of his time here in Colorado. Hopefully, he can stay healthy. I think the key is for him to to get as much playing time as possible because he needs to be playing, especially with that contract. I think he needs to be a DH or first base type of guy, uh, maybe occasionally third base or outfield, you know, maybe right field. I like the right field position. I think the Rockies were were noticing that uh, from last year because left field, I feel I feel like left field was somewhat of a, you know, uncomfortable position for him, even though he's played that position before when he was with the Giants and the Cubs. But I feel like Chris Bryant, as he's, you know, 31, I believe now, I think just having him just focus on hitting because that's really what he's, you know, signed to do. I think they need to focus him on having, you know, a, a, a good bet at first base or, or uh, as the DH. Um, but uh, overall, I think he just needs to stay healthy. And if he stays healthy, I think he'll perform. And that's what he, that's what he did uh, last year in 2022. Uh, when he was healthy, he was really, really good. And, you know, we saw how well he did, you know, at, at that week when he, uh, when the Rockies were in Arizona, he had like three or four home runs that week. So, um, yeah, that, that's just my thoughts on it. Well, uh, me growing up in Chicago and being from Chicago, I got the privilege of watching Chris Bryant on the other side of town with the Cubs win Rookie of the Year, win the MVP, win, make that win the World Series and break a 108-year-old curse. And he was a solid player for the Cubs, including he was a four-time All-Star, including his final year with the Cubs in 2021, which also he spent... Uh, the second part of the season with the Giants. Um, when the signing happened with the Rockies, I do, I think it was good. They needed a guy who was considered a great or elite player to really, and to your point, yeah, they needed outfield help specifically. Um, because af, I think once the season ended, there was pretty much a, I would believe, a consensus among everybody in the, in the Rockies fan base that Trevor Story was not coming back. I think it was safe to say that relationship was going to be severed and not to say Bryant was just an okay let's go ahead and sign Chris Bryant for the sake of it because we gotta bring back a well-known name to replace Trevor Story as the top uh, name on our roster no and also the thing about Chris Bryant he had the relationship already built with Bill Schmidt because back in when Chris Bryant was drafted by the Cubs um second overall in the 2013 draft, the Rockies actually had their eye on him. Bill Schmidt told the story. I remember during his introductory press conference, they were going to pick him if he was available. 
But Bryant was picked by the Cubs, and the Rockies ended up picking John Gray, who is having a pretty good year with the Texas Rangers. Um, but to be honest, it is unfortunate. When you have a veteran who is both highly paid and still has potential, in my opinion, he still has a lot, a good amount left in the tank to live up to the contract or be a quality producer and pr- provide quality production in the Rockies lineup. I mean, people think a finger injury is no nothing to write home about, but when you're a hitter like Chris Bryant, you need a healthy fingers, hand, wrist, forearms, and an entire healthy body, especially your legs. And he did have that heel injury last year, which uh, really hindered him. I am still confident. You know, he does have five years left on the contract. I am still confident that he can be a solid veteran presence in the Rockies offense. Yeah. I do agree with you. I you know, I know Bud Black likes him in the corner outfield spots, and Chris Bryant has commented his favorite position is center field. But with Brenton Doyle on the team, I don't see Chris Bryant really playing center field at all. Um, uh, in terms of position, you know, Ryan McMahon is the third baseman for going forward, first base. And as you pointed out, that's going to be a big question mark, especially what is what's what do the Rockies think of Hunter Goodman, uh, Elias Montero, Montero, um, that's the question. Do there is kind of a, as you could say, a glut of players at first base, which I think is a spot Chris Bryant could serve to to play, and not to mention he's going to have to DH to give his legs his legs and his body a break from playing the field. And if they bring Charlie Blackman, you know how does that whole uh, splitting of the DH uh, at bats work out? Um, but to summarize, I think Chris Bryant. I do like the signing. I really was I was a fan of it when it happened. I still think he can be a force for the Rockies moving forward over the next five years. The only question is, you know, and I don't want to, I know we sound like a broken record when you and I both talk about this and the listeners are hearing this. Can he stay healthy if he can stay? Yeah. Um, but I think, but lastly, I do think they should shut him down the rest of the year. He has played, I think, the 65 games that he's played this year. It is an improvement over the 42 that he played last year. I just shut him down, get his body healthy. And then rest and reload for next for twenty twenty four. Yeah, and I mean you're still. T- I mean, when you see Chris Bryant hit the ball off the bat for a home run, I mean it's crushed. I mean I think, I think you know again I think we mentioned it in like one of the first podcasts. Um, Bryant, I think Bryant's home runs this year. I, I think at least four or five of them have been like over a uh, hundred miles per hour in terms of exit velocity. So when he hits the ball, he hits it hard, and it's just that a lot of pitchers this year have gotten the read back on him and, and, and gotten the information of like, hey, we need to pitch this guy inside because if, if we leave it over the plate, he's going to crush it or he's going to line into the gap. And that's one thing that we haven't really seen this year from Chris Bryant is, you know, extra base hits, you know, doubles, triples. We haven't really seen that. It was more of like a single home run type of guy. And I'm fine with that. It's just that as long as he, you know, you know, produces good at that level, you know, of, of hitting, you know, home runs and driving players in, I, I'm fine with that. And I, I think – you know, I'm still, I still love the, the, the signing. Um, and, you know, and, and this is the thing, I, and I think I just mentioned it, but it's not the player's fault. And, I, and you know, you look at Ian Desmond, right? Uh, I, I like the Ian Desmond signing at first, you know, back in 2017. You know, I remember we signed him to that five-year deal. Now, it, it doesn't look pretty, you know, looking back on it, but, you know, it, it's not the player's fault. And, I, and actually, Ian Desmond, when healthy, he was actually a decent player, um, you know, in 2019, I believe he had 20 plus home runs that year. Um, you know, and so, 
you know, it, it's, it's not all about the contract. It's not all about the money. Sometimes it's just, it, it's, you know, it happens, right? I mean, you know, you, you look at other players, you know, Steven Strasburg, you know, just today and, you know, unfortunate news and it's kind of sad to see him retire, but Steven Strasburg was signed to a big contract not too long ago. And look, look, look what's happened. It's not his fault that he's had these nerve injuries and, and everything that's basically kept him off the mound for several years now. Um, I feel bad for the guy, but you know, it's not his fault. And it happens, unfortunately in baseball, that's, that's life. That's part of the sport. And I think, you know, for people that are blaming Chris Bryant for his injuries, they're wrong. I'm sorry, but they're wrong. And I think, you know, uh, again, I'm not saying, Oh, Chris Bryant is, you know, going to be, you know, this and this, but no, I, I think Chris Bryant is still going to be a very good player when healthy. And I think he, needs to be a part of that lineup and you know obviously you already know that the Rockies can't move him you know even if they wanted to they can't move him because of that contract he has a no trade clause so basically he's going to be here for the next you know five years and and and, you know of course I I forgot to mention this earlier but I was listening to a podcast um today um from uh uh I believe it was Purple Row uh shout out to them but they were talking to Stephen Rice who uh, you know, I believe he does the announcing for the Fresno Grizzlies, which is the Rockies low A farm system. But he was talking about the Rockies future and, and the young prospects. And Stephen Rice was very serious about this. He said that he believes that with the Rockies core coming up through the farm system, they have the talent to win a World Series. And that just got me excited. I remember, you know, when I was listening to this a few hours ago, I was like, man, if he if he feels that way, I'm super excited because the Rockies you know, once and when they do get competitive, they're going to need a leader in that dugout that's been to the postseason, right? Chris Bryant's been there. He's been to a World Series. He's been he's won a World Series. He's been to the playoffs many times. I mean, 2021, he got a big home run in the NLDS against the Dodgers. Um, and so Chris Bryant, he's been there, done that. The Rockies, they need a type of guy because, you know, most likely when the Rockies get back to the playoffs, which I think they will soon, it might not be next year, but it might be the year after that. We'll see. But most likely, I would imagine Charlie Blackman will probably not be on this roster. And you're looking at Chris Bryant being the oldest guy with this team. You're you need a guy like Chris Bryant to be a part, of that. and that's why they signed him. And that's and I feel like some people don't get that. That's why they signed Chris Bryant because I feel like the Rockies, as I know, some people will disagree with me on this, but I feel like the Rockies they know what they're doing. They they see a window opening soon, and they said we need a guy like Chris Bryant who's one Rookie of the Year, one MVP. You know, he's won a World Series. You know, he, he closed out the World Series by throwing the, you know, the ball to first base to Rizzo. So he's been in the big moments. And the Rockies, they need a guy like that. Because if you look at, you know, 2017, 2018, the Rockies, uh, if, if my memory, like, remembers correctly, they didn't have a guy on their roster that has won a World Series minus, I think, Wade Davis, maybe. Uh, he won with the Royals. But other than that, they didn't really have any guys that had a whole lot of playoff experience. Um, so... I think the Bryant signing, in my opinion, is is still a good signing. Now it's it's is you know right now it's not looking good, but I don't think it's a failed signing in in any way, shape, or form. I think it's a great signing still, and you know I think with him just being in the dugout and, and you know I saw him on TV today in the dugout. And I think it's great. You know he's not one of these players that's like you know what I'm done for the year. I'm going to go home. No, he he's going to every single ball game. He's talking to the guys in the dugout in the clubhouse. And I think that's very, very important. I think that's why in many ways, why he came here is to, to be that leadership guy um, in, in that clubhouse. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, some of the Rockies writers have uh, been writing about on some of their columns. Um, they've been writing about how, 
Chris Bryant and and some of the Rockies, you know, bullpen pitchers like Brent Suter, they've shown a lot of leadership, you know, this year. And despite the Rockies most likely going to lose 100 games this year, the Rockies, they're still showing the young guys, this is how you do it. You know, failure is a part of life. Failure, failure is a part of the game, right? And, and you know, sometimes you need to fail in order to, in order to win, right? So, um, yeah, that's just my thoughts on Chris Bryant. We could talk all night about this, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm still happy Chris Bryant's here, and I think he's a great fit for this ball club. And I think, again, he came here for a reason. So, yeah. There's, yeah, there's more to him than what's on the back of the baseball card. Exactly, right, right. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's just my thoughts. And I, I just love the Bruce Bryant. I know there's a, a nickname <laughs> for him there. I love the Bruce Bryant there as well. But, yeah, I, again, Lux, thanks for the comment. But, yeah, I, I think Chris Bryant, you, know, you need that leadership, especially moving forward. Um, because, you know, I think personally, the Rockies, I think the Rockies will be a, uh, a very good team soon. I really do believe that. I think we're going to be a playoff team coming up in the next few years. And so if, if they're going to do that, they need a guy like Chris Bryant to be in that, in, in that clubhouse in that lineup as well. So, um, my prediction yeah. is 2025. Yep. I, I was thinking of that too. And then, or 2026, I think that's realistic because, mm-hmm. I mean, it's so exciting because it's just like, I know it's kind of early and I don't want to, you know, I mean, you don't want to put too much pressure on some of the younger kids, but when you just think about the names or if you just go on for folks that are listening, if you just, you know, go to the Rockies top 10 prospects, a lot of these guys were drafted like this year or last year. And if you look at their numbers, they will make your jaw drop. Like they're really good. Cole Carrig, who was just drafted a few, like a, a month ago. He's hitting above 500 in, in low A ball. Now I know it's been only about a week since he started or so, but I mean, he's turned the, I mean, he, he broke, I, I believe it was Fresno Grizzly history the other night. He hit, I think three triples in one game. You, you don't do that in baseball. You, you, it doesn't happen. And so, you know, there's a lot of players to be uh, Dion Jorge. That's another name. He, he's in low A like, uh, yeah, you know, a lot of these guys are in low A, high A, but especially in double a too. I mean, you're looking at Yankee Fernandez, you know, he has a ton of power um, and uh, you know, hundred Goodman. I mean, there's so many guys They're like the Rockies. If you look at the pieces coming together in the next few years, the Rockies are not only going to have a solid lineup, they're going to have a solid bench, which the Rockies have like looking back at 2018 and 2017, when they went to the playoffs, the Rockies arguably did not have a solid bench. You know, they had a couple of guys that, you know, were okay, you know, at some points in their, in, in that season, but they weren't having, they didn't have guys on their bench that are like, Oh man, you gotta be careful for, for this guy. They, the Rockies, they need a solid bench. They need a solid lineup and so, solid pitching. And I think, you know, and in talking about solid pitching, Carson Palmquist, who just got called up to double A, he threw, uh, I, I believe, well, let me look at his numbers very quickly, but he made his double A, um, debut tonight and he was just remarkable and I mean there's a lot of pitching coming up for the Rocky system even though a lot of people think that we have no pitching there oh there's pitching coming um the Rockies did I mean the Rockies double team did lose tonight Hartford lost to uh uh the Somerset Patriots two to one but um yeah I mean it looks like uh he he only gave up one run tonight and I let me look at his strikeout numbers but yeah I mean there's so many good players but when you look at all the pieces coming together, you can see that something is cooking. There's something happening in the Rocky Rocky minor league system. And, and not only that, but you look at, uh, you know, the D, D, uh, Dominican summer league and the Arizona fall league uh, and the Arizona, you know, complex league. Um, the Rockies are very good in those leagues. Um, so I'm looking at Paul and Quist numbers tonight. He threw seven innings, four hits, 
no earned runs, one walk, eight strikeouts, uh, perfect ERA. So that's great to see um, in his double-A debut. So the Rockies, they, they have pitching coming. So I would agree with you. I think 2025 is going to be the opening of the window because I, I remember a few years ago, I was like, it was it's probably going to be more toward closer to 2030 because the Rockies really didn't have a, a quite good farm system, I should say, a, a few years ago. But now with the recent drafts, the Rockies have had, it's been close to excellent. And that's one of the things I, I think I might've mentioned last week. I might've forgotten it, but uh, what I was going to say is that I think the Rockies draft this year is severely underrated. Um, at first I was like, eh, it, you know, it, it was all right. It was pretty good. But just looking at who we got in the draft and looking at their numbers and how they performed, I think the Rockies had a very underrated draft this year. They had a very good draft. And I think that's a big reason why the Rockies are, moving forward um, and making big progress in their farm system. And I think, and I agree with you, I think 2025 sounds like a logical year for them to make the playoffs because by that time, hopefully Zach Veen is already up here. Drew Romo, I think will already be here. Um, I think Drew Romo will probably be in AAA at the start of next year. So Hunter Goodman, I mean, there it's it just like, it, it kind of gives me goosebumps just thinking about it because looking at the outfield of Brenton Doyle, Yankee O. Fernandez, Nolan Jones, Tovar at shortstop, Ryan McMahon at third base, uh, Rogers or Amador at second base, and then, you know, a bunch of guys at first base and then catching. There's just so much to be excited about. And I, I think, you know, Stephen Rice, another shout out to him. I think what he was talking about is true. I think you're looking at a potential team that if, if they can gel together, you know, in the next year or two, when all these guys come up together, kind of like the Avengers, you know, I, I'm a big Avengers fan. When they all assemble together, Look what happens. You know, they're going to be unstoppable. So I think there's a lot to be excited about for the Rockies coming up. And I think I think the playoffs are on the horizon. You know, next year we'll probably – this is just my guess. I, again, we'll probably have predictions in the offseason. But I would imagine that next year will be somewhat of a similar year this year. I hate to break it, but, you know, hey, at least, you know, Ethan Holiday is on the draft for 2025. So maybe that will be a possibility. But I guess we'll see. Um, Tom, do you have any final thoughts on that? I mean – I mean, there's so, there's so much to talk about these Rockies prospects. It's just, it's really exciting. No, and just let me just clarify for our listeners here. I'm not saying, I'm not predicting for sure 2025 they'll make the playoffs. I think that's yeah. when they definitely push themselves into being competitive. Because yeah. especially when you look at the NL West, we don't need to go team by team here. We know how tough their path is from being in fifth place, last in the division to to taking on the Dodgers for the NL West title. I believe 2025 is when they have a chance to really be competitive. And don't forget, I mean, we're talking about them growing from within, which is a great way to build their team, especially for them. They have to do that in terms of pitching. But don't forget, I mean, I'm sure, just like you mentioned, there's probably plenty of teams around the league looking at our farm system and keeping an eye on them where Bill Schmidt could use some of the prospects he could, he feels he can part ways with to improve the roster and making big-time veteran acquisitions through trades. Yeah. Um you know, obviously, we'll talk more about free agent signings as the as the offseason nears and we get into that or where we think the Rockies could potentially go and what Bill Schmidt probably has in the plans. But I do believe, yeah, it is very exciting. And to your point, yeah, it is exciting to – I almost get goosebumps too thinking about it. I mean, they do have some work to do still, but given what they have currently on the major league roster, who's performing well, who's not – 
um, and what they're and what the farm system is shaping up to be, especially the draft they just had. I do agree with you. If you look at the guys, they the all the pitchers they just drafted, some are some are going through their early pro career struggles, and some are kind of starting off fast. Um, it is feasible to think that by 2026, you could see a number of maybe even 2025, you could see some of the pitchers that we just drafted at the major league level. It is exciting to think about altogether. We're gonna see we're gonna see some one or two guys up this year from the top 30 list. I would think you know Goodman is one, maybe Vodnik. But if you even go further down, especially to Double A, it is it is definitely exciting for to think about 2025, 2026 as the opening where the Rockies become competitive again. So I definitely, you know, I, I could say to all of our listeners, talk amongst each other, tell your friends, tell everybody around around Major League Baseball or anybody, you know, in the Rockies organization, get excited. We should be happy, even though the product, the Rockies probably will lose 100 games this year, but that's obviously a, a negative. But in the years to come, there's still plenty of positives for us to see. Yeah, and, and honestly, like, you know, somebody was talking about this just the other day, you know, does it really matter if the Rockies lose 100 games? Not really, no. I mean, it's just a number, you know. And you know, really, 98 is not nothing much different than 100, right? I mean, it's just it's just a number, um, you know. And honestly, it just it shows that this team is growing. And you know, it's unfortunate that's going to happen most likely, but it just shows that hey, we're turning the page, and works. And, and that's the thing, you know. Just looking at the, you know, the faces of, of this Rockies team over the last you know three days, you know, in Tampa. Yes, it's been frustrating, right? And, and but you're looking at the faces of Nolan Jones, Brent Doyle, and, and and some of the Rockies guys on the bullpen. Even though they've been through, you know, a lot over the last week, you know, uh, of struggling in the bullpen and, and where else, right? But you can tell on their faces that you know what we're building something. That's all about. That's what we're doing. We're also building friendships. We're building you know camaraderie with each other, and I think that's important too. And, and you know, it's it's. And I agree with you. I think 2025 is is you know the like the opening of the window, I would use that phrase. Um, you know, I, I think a while ago it was like maybe 2024, maybe there would be a possibility. But yeah, I would say 2025 is the opening of the window. 2026, I would imagine it would be already opened, if not, you know, starting to open there as well. But I mean, you're looking at a, a team that kind of reminds me of what the D-backs did a few years ago. Um, because you look at the D-backs and how they drafted, right? They got Jordan Lawler. They got a bunch of those guys. They drafted a lot of athletic infielders uh, and outfielders like Corbin Carroll, uh, guys like that. And they got pitching as well. You know, they got Tommy Henry and a bunch of those other guys. And and I think that's going to be huge for Arizona. They're kind of ahead of the process. And I think, you know, and I, I think there was an interview of Bill Schmidt last offseason at their winter meetings. And he was he admitted that the D-backs were a little bit ahead of the Rockies. And he said – you know, and, and he gave, I believe he called it the bamboo theory of how people don't see what's happening underneath, but when it goes up, people are going to be shocked. They're going to be surprised and say, wow, this team has a lot of really good prospects. This team is going to be really good coming soon. I feel like a lot of people are just, kind of, I'm going to say this, I think the rock, and this, this is not a knock on all, you know, these people, but I think a lot of people are just like thinking that the Rockies are not going to be good, like for at least 20 or 30 years. That's what the, uh, the vibe I get from other people sometimes. And I understand that, but like they just got to watch the kids and you look at the future of this Rockies team. I think it's bright. There's a lot of, you know, young kids. I think like we were talking about earlier, Nolan Jones, Brent Doyle, you know, all these guys, they're coming together. And I mean, you're not talking about like just simple, good ball players. You're talking about all-stars right here. So 
when you get a whole team of all-stars, you know what could very well could happen. I mean, it's just incredible. Of course, you got to stay healthy. That's that's the big key there. But yeah, there's just there's there's so much stuff that has to come together. And I think the Rockies, they know that. And I think that's where they're building. And I think, you know, and some people say, well, the Rockies don't really know what they're doing. They don't have a plan. No, they have a plan. And that's what we've been seeing in the draft the past two years. They've got a ton of pitching. Basically, that's all they've drafted the past two years is pitching, right? And so they know what they're doing. And a lot of those pitchers that we drafted last year, you know, again, he was drafted last year. He's already in double A this year, um, you know, which is great. And so, um, and Jordan Beck, Sterling Thompson, they're in double A as well. So these guys are moving fast and they know, and I don't think the Rockies are like, oh man, we need to call them up as soon as possible. No, they're letting them develop. They're letting them go through their struggles. Um, like Drew Romo, the Rockies are not rushing Drew Romo, you know, oh, we, we need to bring him out to triple A, you know, they're not doing that. They're letting him go through his struggles in double A. And that's the thing too, because I, I, I posted on Twitter the other day about, you know, Hunter Goodman and how, you know, he needs to be called up, you know, basically as soon as possible. And then, you know, I, I had somebody say, you know, you, you kind of do want him to kind of struggle a little bit in the upper levels just because that would be good for some of his development and, and just, you know, he needs to experience some of that, you know, hard, you know, um, baseball level, right? And, and I, I do agree with that. And I think some players, I think a lot of players, they need to go through that. And I think Hunter Goodman has already, like Hunter Goodman is just like, he's in, it's just amazing how, how he's doing it. And it's, again, it's so hard to believe because, I texted you the other day. It's hard to believe because he he was literally just drafted like I want to say like two years ago, just two years ago he was drafted and and he was in the ACL uh, uh, at the end of 2021 last year. Last year he went through three minor league systems for the Rockies, three of them, and he hit I believe above three uh, you know three, uh, 30 home runs last year. This year he's well above 30 home runs. He might even hit 40, which is crazy and it's not like he, you know, he's striking out a bunch. He, you know, his batting average is good. His on-base percentage is good. His slugging percent it's everything is good. And it's just, wow, this kid is very impressive. I mean, you're looking at a, a, a definitely an everyday starter, if not maybe, maybe even all-star consideration. Again, I know that's a lot of pressure to put on these young kids, but the Rockies, they have some dudes that can definitely perform on a regular basis. We're already seeing it with Ezekiel Tobar in his rookie season. Um, and so, yeah, there's definitely a lot to be excited about. And again, this, we could talk all day about it, but you know, and we need to move on to our last segment, but, um, yeah, it just, there's, there's so much to be excited about, uh, if you're a Rockies fan. So, um, yeah, it, it just, every day, it just, I look at these numbers for the Rockies prospects. It's like, man, I'm really excited about the future. So, um, yeah. So let's move on to our last segment, uh, before we hit, uh, the, the mark that we have um, segment number five uh, is going to be the, the series against the Orioles, um, which will start, I believe tomorrow. Uh, the Rockies are going to be in Baltimore for the first time since 2016. Um, fun fact, the last time the Rockies were in Baltimore was uh, David Dahl. I remember David Dahl made his debut, I believe in Baltimore and he got his first career home run there. I remember watching that. Um, but yeah, game one stars for the Rockies. Um, will be Kyle Freeland, Cole Urban will get the start for the Orioles. And then the last two games, uh, it hasn't been announced who the Orioles will send out there on the mound. But for the Rockies in game two, it will be Chris Flexen, and game three will be Ty Block, who was a former Oriole before the Rockies picked him up um, last year. So I think this is, again, this is going to be another interesting series. 
Um, who knows what the last two games could be bullpen games, but you know, you know, in Baltimore, they're playing really good baseball right now. They're, they're definitely going to make the playoffs They're They might even win the division. Um, very exciting young group of players. And uh, who knows, maybe the Rockets can kind of look at the Orioles as inspiration, you know, uh, you know, coming up and, um, but yeah, I mean, the Rockies, I, I, I would like to see the Rockies win at least one or two games here. Um, two games would be, you know, somewhat difficult, especially the way Baltimore is playing. But uh, maybe the Rockies can win a game here. And I think, you know, one of the things I would like to see is definitely the starting pitching, you know, continue to pitch well. And I think they will. Um, the question is, can the offense score some runs against the Orioles? Because the Orioles, they have some very good pitchers, especially in the bullpen, like Felix, Felix Bautista and, and guys like that. So, um, Tom, what do you think about the uh, upcoming series against the Orioles? Well, uh, real quick, I'll throw the series also with the Braves that'll round out the month. <clears throat> I'm preparing for both series to be quite a challenge for the Rockies, both pitching-wise and in turn for the position players facing Baltimore Orioles pitching. Um, yeah, the Orioles, they're a great team, and it just goes to show you what all that losing has helped them. Not only did they gain a lot of prospects, but they really developed them well. And even with the talented young team they have at the major league level, they still have a really great farm system in the top 100. They have six players, including the number one overall prospect, Jackson Holiday, Matt Holiday's son. Um, so yeah, it's, it's going to be a very challenging series in Baltimore. Um, the only thing I would look for the Rockies to do is try not to give them extra outs. Cause when you have a team that is supremely talented, even though they're young and they're very talented, like the Orioles are, you don't want to give that team extra outs because a team that is young can take advantage of it, especially when they're led by a great manager and Brendan Hyde. So, uh, I'm looking for, again, maybe, and like, as you point out, they have an electric bullpen. Bautista is quite, has quite an arm. Uh, even also, uh, what's his name? Uh, Cano also has a very good arm as well. So it is going to be very interesting to see how they fit, they uh, fare against them. Uh, if those two are brought in to protect a small lead for a safe situation. Um, but I, I get to make, yeah, I, it's going to be an interesting series. Um, I'm getting a little, I'm interested to see how many games Adley Rushman catches. And then of course, how many games James McCann catches because that's a pretty good veteran young player combo behind the plate. Uh, Rushman is one of the best young hitters in the game. I'm very impressed by him. Uh, so yeah, it, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, but you know, the one thing for the Rockies is hopefully if I can give them one key is try to keep your heads on straight and don't make too many mental errors because if you do the Orioles, I believe will capitalize on them. Yeah. And, you know, again, at this point, you know, the Rockies, if you're the Rockies, don't look at the record. Don't look at the record. Just go out there and, you know, you know, play hard. Right. And I think that's what they need to do. Don't worry about the record. Um, however, you know, again, this is a young squad. And and, you know, you know, as a Rockies fans, we hate to say this, but most likely they're probably not going to do well in this series or at least lose a series. But who knows? We might be wrong. And, you know, maybe the Rockies will, you know kind of shock people and, and do well in the series, but you're looking at, you know, like you said, a very tough stretch upcoming for the Rockies. I mean, you're, you're taking on basically the rest of the games the season are going to be tough for the Rockies. You're taking on postseason teams and um, you know, it's not looking great, but right now it's all about looking to the future and just, you know, looking forward to next year and building off of that. And I think, um, yeah, I agree. Like you need to stay away from those errors. Um, 
and you know if there's a play, try not to you know try not to think about that play. Just move on from that play. Um, whether it's uh, you know a, a, a blooper that gets down or it's an error in the outfield, whatever it is, and, you know move on from that play and, and and try to do your best the next time around. But yeah, uh, you know I'm interested to in see uh, what happens in game one. I think you know uh, again. Uh, Cole Irvin, who the Rockies haven't really faced a whole lot, I think that should be an interesting matchup. Um, I believe Irvin is also a lefty, so it's a lefty lefty matchup. But uh, there's there's some you know I'm excited to see the series because again the Rockies they don't really travel to Baltimore that often. But uh, you know I'm I'm interested to see how well they do. I'm interested to see how the offense does from Tampa to Baltimore. Um, you know on the East Coast, and I, I'm assuming it's a it's a pitching. Ballpark there in, in, at Camden Yards, so uh, that should be a uh, interesting matchup for sure. So, um, anyways, folks, I, you know I think what we're going to see in this series is definitely some pitching, but I think you know who knows maybe we'll see some offense, and I think we we saw some offense in this you know in this Tampa Bay series. It's just you know the Rockies couldn't they weren't able to uh, hang on to that. But uh, to keep update on the uh, on the on the series, you can follow us at Rockies now on all of our social media pages there. So. Um, yeah, I think that will conclude this episode of the Rockies Now podcast. Tom, thank you so much for being with us um, on, on the podcast. Um, please be sure to subscri- subscribe, excuse me, uh, follow, rate, and review all of our social media pages. Uh, both Tom and I, we love hearing from all of our listeners. Um, thank you for listening to today's podcast. Have a great day, everyone. And as always, go Rockies. <laughs>